0: i <laughs> Hey guys, what's up? It is week 297, and we're gonna go over you know the top 25 uh, horror films, my favorite horror films of 2022. I also took kind of uh, asked everybody what their top 10 were on my friends on Facebook and YouTube, so I got a list of those. I crunched the numbers and everything like that. So basically, I did everybody's. You know, if you your number 10 got one point, your number one got 10 points. Crunched them all together. I did two different lists. Um, there's 78 different movies that appear on the list. So basically, you know, I'll go over the all that stuff at the very end, I'll I'll show, I'll name all the people that were involved uh, 33 contributors and and whatnot, and I'll tell you the two different lists one of which goes by points, one of which goes by which movies appeared on the the list most and whatnot, but let's hop into the reviews, and first up off the bat is the new um, one from Radiance Films, and this is I guess like some of the people from Arrow Video that kind of branched off and are doing their own things and this is Big Time Gambling Boss, and this is a Toei picture you know, it's kind of like a Film. And I've seen a handful of the Yakuza films. A lot of those like Battles Without Honor and Humanity from the 70s. And those have like a huge kind of like action kind of deal. These this this one's a little different. It's a little I, I don't want to say slower paced because that's not really what it is. It's I would say it's more subdued. It's more um I would say realistic in a lot of ways. So what we have here is this old yakuza boss is dying, and uh, he can no longer speak. He's kind of like in like a, he can't speak or anything like that. And the next in line to take over is currently incarcerated, so they try to pass it on to someone who declines because he believes he wasn't born um, from this area, so he shouldn't take over their clan. And they kind of want to pass it and push it on another younger guy. Although um, some of the people, inc- including this guy, did completely disagree with the the situation. You know that that ends up happening because there's some you know advisors and everything like that on the side that kind of want this to go through some shady dealings if, if you will so uh when this character gets released from prison at first he's very happy to be around his friends and everything but when he finds out the situation and he feels like he was passed and his friend passed on the uh passed on the, the clan leadership he's upset and he kind of starts to talk with his friend and everything like that and he blames this one character the character who is promoted the son-in-law of the yakuza for all of this um at one point he is a, there's an assessment assassination attempt on him and that complicates everything and it's just really like a bunch of errors and tragedies and misunderstandings that keep unfolding and of course there's a lot of Yakuza kind of like um, I don't want to say mythology or just rules and everything like that and very complicated you know a lot like something like the Godfather where you know the American the, this, the Japanese kind of version of that where they have all these different rules and the, the bonding and and the blood brother clan all this kind of stuff in here and uh, as, it, as it unfolds it becomes very frustrating and you know that it's just going to be bad for almost all the characters involved. There's no real way around it. And although it's not like a fast-paced action film or anything like that, the tension is incredible. The acting is incredible. The characters are all likable. And for the most part, everybody who you are following, for the most part, are are on the level. So it's really like a screwed-up tragedy that any of this stuff happens in the Yakuza world. But uh, yeah, and there's some bad guys and some comeuppets. And and like when the violence does snap, it's it's pretty effective. I really enjoyed it. I liked all the characters. It kind of plays like a Shakespeare play, if you believe it or not, just how the way things unfold and what happens to everyone. I really loved the um, uh, Masuda, I believe is the character's name. I thought he was a big kind of brooding kind of guy, and I thought he had a great screen presence. All these actors have been in tons of stuff. You've seen him in a bunch of movies. One of the guys is from Lone Wolf and Cub, so it's just a, a lot of familiar faces. I thought this was a really excellent Yakuza movie that didn't feel like a lot of the other ones I see, although I love like the kind of guerrilla style, the battles without honor and humanity, a fast-paced kind of handheld crazy shit. This is this is different. This is good stuff, though, and it's really, like, I don't, like, I, I'm i using terms like subdued and held back, and I don't want those to be a negative. I mean, it's very controlled, and um, I guess you'd say refined, if that makes any sense. But as far as the special features are concerned, um, there's a couple featurettes on here, which I thought were really excellent. Let me get it, let me make sure. Um, Ninko 101, a essay by Mark Scallion on the history and the impact of the Yakuza um and i love that because they go over like the yakuza films and like how, how all that stuff started and they i think they give like a nice yakuza outline on like how how the hierarchy works and everything and that helps with the context of all the yakuza movies you watch and then we have uh the history and impact the yakuza genre serial gambling and then we have a visual essay by genre expert chris d on the film and its place within the uh, period and genre. And it's also great because they start off earlier with like Toei and they talk about Dai or Dai, uh, D-A-I-E whatever all the companies, the Katsu and Toho and they talk about how like the samurai movies turned into like the Yakuza movies and how like the Yakuza would pop up over the years in like the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and 80s and they even get up to Takashi Miike and some more modern films. And they're both really great essays. They I learned a lot, although I know a lot of this when you condense some of that and put it into like a visual essay, it refreshes your mind and it also get takes you out and you can see the whole picture. So you you see things that you kind of knew but you never put together. And you're like, oh, that is very interesting how that kind of changed over time. It's a nice release. It comes with a booklet. It's a heavy-duty case, you know, just a nice, like, complete look of how they handled this. It just looks kind of like the Criterion style and the clear case and everything like that. I do like, um, in his region, A-locked, it does have um, Dolby audio. And I just thought it was a really... Excellent um, release, and I'm looking forward to more stuff that they put out. I know they have a Franco Nero crime thing coming out of the box set that looks awesome. So, anyways, Big Time Gambling Boss. Um, now there is a series of these. Um, they're not like directly related. I think the director went on to do like five or six of these, and it has like some of the same actors and stuff, and and as different characters, of course. But yeah, this is really good stuff, and I, I really enjoyed this one, Big Time Gambling Boss. Okay, this next one here is absolutely ridiculous, and this this is a is a mouthful here. Werewolf bitches from outer space. I couldn't make this up. So this is not a trauma film, although it is definitely a love letter to trauma films, even Lloyd Kaufman's in it. And this is from uh dark side releasing. So this is a weird film and I don't even know how to go about this. It's what it's very short. It's like 73 minutes long. And uh, so, so the thing is here, here's what this movie is, right? This is not something that you put into uh, and like put in for somebody that's not familiar with really do it yourself genre, gorilla style filmmaking. This is made like on the streets of cities Just running around, probably filmed by multiple people and during multiple times, maybe with not a coherent story um, when they started you know kind of just like having a loose story and just loose insanity it's basically about these alien werewolf women that come around and they're like uh, feminist feminists kill trashy disgusting men that you know either are rude or rapist or whatever they are um, the special effects are nothing really to write home about but the movie is completely ADHD and absurd it's absurdist comedy it's absurdist humor all that kind of stuff you know and it just jumps around between all these random characters saying random ridiculous things there's a lot of you know just non-stop talking and rambling and weirdness and goofiness um the acting you know it is what it is it's just completely bonkers a couple of the people do shine like i said this is the kind of movie where you pull out a squirt gun and shoot it and it's a laser gun it's completely you know a group of people just having the most fun they can have and doing the most gorilla style stuff they can do and just making a movie if this doesn't sound like it's something that you would enjoy which i completely understand or you think it's just a little too silly or a little too absurdist or a little too you know um amateur then that's fine but check out the trailer I think you'll know what you're getting yourself into and everyone involved with this movie seemed like they had a great time. Um, there's a commentary of course by um, Dylan Mars Greenberg and Reverend Jen, the directors of the film. And then we include an early film that they did Amityville Vanishing Point and Blood Possession. So uh, yeah, if it sounds like it's up your alley, I should mention that yes, Janine Garoflo is in this. God knows how they got her in here. It's pretty funny. Um, also um, we got Lloyd Kaufman and Toxic Avenger, you know, Toxic Avenger is a, he's like a disc jockey. Pretty funny funny radio sports guy uh, not sports guy but radio personality on here so dark Side releasing has a lot of strange films and this is another one werewolf bitches from outer space Okay, this next one here is from Mondo Macabro, and this is another Japanese film. They uh, had another one out uh, this month called, like, The uh, Haunted Turkish Bathhouse, which is really wild. This one's a little bit older, a little bit classier, I would say. Uh, heavily, this is House of Terrors, a.k.a. I believe it's a go- uh hunchback of, like, Haunted Hunchback or a Ghost Hunchback. I can't remember the actual title. Maybe they'll tell me on the back here but uh, yeah so so this is definitely inspired by American or westernized cinema like you know so which so is kind of rare because you got like kind of like the gothic setting in a Japanese ghost story a Japanese horror film the only other ones I could think of off the top of my head would be like stuff like you know the vampire trilogy the vampire doll trilogy which were made in the early 70s um, and those were really cool gothic kind of horror films this is kind of like this ghost story style so and it's super gothic like I said with the ghost and the hauntings and the mansion and the inheritance all that kind of stuff here so this uh, young woman's husband dies, and he died in a sane asylum. And after the funeral, somebody approaches her, the lawyer, and says, "Hey, well, everything was taken away—the assets and the money—but the only thing that wasn't was this this villa, this this beautiful place. And uh, we take you there, and the father goes along. And the father, the father-in-law is very shady, very weird, creepy. And she goes there, and everybody meets up there, and there's this strange hunchback character, and he's just kind of bizarre and everything like that. And it turns out there's like this strange haunting going on and there's this possible you know like haunted past of people being abused in here and Americans were possibly there and um, we don't really know what this 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 husband was doing there by himself and it's just a very bizarre bunch of weird things start to happen you know almost the whole place seems haunted and is attacking them and, and there's a lot of people looking out for their own self interest and money and everything like that and there's just a lot of shady characters and dealings it is in fact a gothic tale here but no this one has some interesting weird stuff and some haunted ghostly things going on. It looks beautiful. It's in black and white. It's a gorgeous looking movie. Um, It it just doesn't really wear out its welcome. There's uh, some crazy stuff going on. And I enjoyed this one. Like, I don't have all that much to say about it. It's 1965. Um, It's by the director of, um, I always want to say Goku, but it's Goke, I believe, The Body Snatcher, which Criterion put out. That is a wild movie from, I believe, 1968. If nobody's ever seen that one, that's also a super bizarre film. Um, I would say much more crazy than this one. This one, I said has like the stylings of a uh, bava or um i would say like a hammer whore or even something more classier than that like um they compare it to robert wise's the haunting on here too but uh and of course uh um you know a bava's mask of satan aka black sunday and, and i do feel like it has those kind of things in there and the mansion is gorgeous the location is gorgeous yeah i would recommend checking this one out it's pretty pretty interesting pretty unique Um, lots of creepy things going on as far as the special features are concerned we have introduction of the film by Patrick um, Masias, author of Tokyo Scope, the Japanese cult film companion, audio commentary with Tom Mez uh, Patrick Masias on Toei Horror Films, and yeah, trailer kind of the usual stuff, anyways if you have not seen House of Terrors, aka Hunchback uh, Ghost of the Hunchback, I believe that's the AK name, I like that name too, but I think House of Terrors is a little bit more approachable Ghost of the Hunchback sounds like a classic Universal title or something like that, but yeah, anyways check this one out, good stuff, looks great, sounds great as always. Okay, the next few I'll be kind of brief with because we're doing these on the 22 Shots and Moods and horror. Hopefully I can make that show. I should be able to. It's a new kind of zoology thing. So we're doing Killer Roaches. And the first one up is from 1975. And this is actually a first-time watch for me. This is produced by William Castle. It stars Bradford Dillon. This is Bug, like I said, from This is a Screen Factory release. Now, Bug, you know, it has Bradford Dillon, which cracks me up because he, he seems like the poster child for these kind of movies. I believe he's in Chosen Survivors. I know he's in Piranha. So he basically... He he's like this scientist of sorts and he is basically called after there's this uh, crazy earthquake and the opening in this movie is brilliant. It opens up and we have like this like church, this small town, like Southwestern town and this preacher saying all this hellfire and brimstone stuff. And also this, uh, this crazy earthquake breaks open and there's a big hole in the ground. And while this, this guy's traveling home with his son, like their car catches fire and they die. And this leaves like Jesse Vint and a couple other people kind of distraught and everything like that. And, and, Enter Bradford Dillman, um, and he's kind of trying to find out what happened because they're finding these strange, like, firebugs is what they're calling them because they seem to be starting fires and stinging people, which doesn't make any sense because there's no bug in this. I do like the idea, which is funny. This is a has Bradford Dillman, but it's kind of a precursor to the Piranha. You know, the original Piranha... I mean, it definitely had, they unleashed the, 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 the tank or whatever, but in the, I think the original script, then they want like a crack in the ground, I think that's what they do with the remakes, and that's kind of funny, that's what happens in fucking Bug, another movie with Bradford Dillman, I'm jumping all over the fucking place here, but anyways, he starts to study these roaches, and of course, every once in a while, they'll attack somebody in the town, and they're very dangerous and very strange, um, what happens is, uh, you know, something tragic happens around, and Bradford Dillman completely loses his mind. It's absolutely really kind of hilarious um, in a way because you're like, why are you doing this? Like, I know you're a scientist, but like, you hit a certain point where you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And then, like, you don't even register. Like, the movie starts to almost come to a snail pace, and he's just like doing all these experiments, which is very typical. You know, it feels like very 50s sci fi at the same time, but it has these horror elements. Like I said, when the attacks happen, they're very well done, and they're just brutal because the the bugs are on fire. They burn. So it's just a really gross kind of touch to it. Um, Yeah, this is a solid movie with decent action atmosphere, the attacks are good, the opening it promises more and it doesn't quite deliver on what you really want and uh, the ending is pretty crazy and you kind of root for the bugs by the ending because some human beings are just too stupid to survive uh, but that is bug, there is some special features on here if I'm not mistaking um, what is on here? A oh, new audio commentary of film is Troy and Troy Haworth, I wish I would have listened to that, that would have been better uh, also there is some animal cruelty in here, I don't know how far they actually took it with the poor cat, if he actually was hurt but yeah, it, it doesn't look very pleasant to be honest the next one up for the roaches is from 1987 88 the nest this is produced by roger corman yeah this movie has uh robert lansing in it if i'm not mistaken robert lansing is in cool stuff like scalpel and he's in island claws and this movie has from nineteen eighty. This movie has a lot of similarities to Island Claws. You have like the seaside town, and you have these kind of locals, and they're all going to be attacked by some sort of killer animal deal. And that's exactly what happens in Animal cl- Island Claws from um, like seven, eight years previous. And this happens in this one, but they're killer roaches. So essentially, Robert Lansing is like the mayor of this town, and he essentially, you know, is trying to like you know bring this like company in here, this biotech company. But of course, they kind of screw up. They're trying to create something and get rid of. Ro- roaches it doesn't go right as it it wouldn't of course you know these things are very typical in these animal attacks movies and the roaches become like toxic um that's pretty much what happens in here if I'm not mistaken. the roaches just become very aggressive um, I'm mixing all my roach movies together I'm literally closing my eyes and just seeing like killer roaches everywhere but what's really awesome about this one is like it's got those like like 80s like since things like in the score that really work well it also has really awesome gnarly special effects I wonder who did the effects because they're they're like screaming at George light I don't know if he did them I feel like they'd be more elaborate if they're screaming at George but they're just really gross and weird and and, like, the roaches start to mutate in weird, strange ways, which I absolutely loved. But, um, no, this one is a lot of fun. Um, the sidecasts are, there's got the side story here, of course, of, like, you know, this, this sheriff here who, like, was in love with the mayor's daughter and she left and they've, to deal with all that stuff but there's a couple zany weird characters in here that I really enjoyed and there's a couple really gnarly gory moments that are just awesome Um, one of the characters is attacked by one of the hybrids and it's just nasty as shit and it's awesome Um, there's like a crazy bug guy that makes a lot of jokes about it but uh, no it's a solid fun killer bug movie Um, it's my favorite of the three obviously due to the special effects and I had seen this one before I mean I, I do like these stories these small isolated islands or coastal towns that or attacked by some sort of weird creature or threat um i eat that kind of stuff up it's right up my alley the nest is one that always was fun in my memory and it still held up i did enjoy it um yeah check it out okay the last killer roach movie is they nest um or creepy crawlies aka um yeah from 2000 aka creepy crawlies and this one's from 2000 it was a sci-fi original and back in the day this is when like sci-fi originals were actually they tried you know, it's before like they started to celebrate like the really awful CGI. Sometimes there's really awful CGI, but they're not celebrating it. They're trying their best. They'll hire a couple character actors here and there to kind of fill in the you know the cast and crew. Everybody's going to try their damnedest. They're going to have a real script, even if it is a little hokey, a little goofy, a little you know subpar. It still feels like a genuine, real attempt at making a movie, and that is exactly what *They Nest* is. Um, it has Dean Stockwell as the sheriff. Gotta love that, and it also has John Savage in here as well. And couple other familiar faces so we have like this doctor that's forced to take a vacation or do something i don't remember why he's kicked out of his surgery surgery practice but he is he ends up going to this small island town he buys his house um which is belong to like a couple of the local drunks um father so they're not happy about it losing the house they don't like the the non locals uh the town again is fiddled uh, filled with uh weird zany characters of course there's a lot of comedy beats with the store clerk and stuff like that and of course he's going to have a love interest uh, um that that he meets so basically what happens is the locals are giving me a hard time jeremy walked in he saw part of this and he said is this is basically straw dogs meets um jaws or something meets something meets uh, killer roaches i thought that was really funny because it does have the similarities of straw dogs like these kind of small town folks it's not as elaborate or as as brutal or mean-spirited or anything like the Ball classic but the idea stands right um so, so basically what happens is like static goes between these and what happened is like the roaches fell off some experimental boat or some shit, and they made it on the island. Now, these roaches are poisonous. Now, if these roaches touch you or bite you, similar to Bug, you're kind of screwed, you know? So so they started to pick people off here and there. People disappear, you know, until the roaches are taking over. That's basically the whole entire plot of the film. Uh, yeah, it ends a lot like Birds too. Uh, Land's End I think is what it's called if, if anybody's ever seen that one yeah, although you know what Birds 2 is a little underrated uh, I, I mean it's not Birds okay I'm not saying uh, it's better than Birds it, It's not, but it, it it has a really bad rep and it has some fun moments and especially the ending but They Nest is perfectly acceptable John Savage is solid in it a lot of the drunks and goofs are solid in it the CGI not so solid, really dated, really bad I'm sure it didn't look great in 2000 either but it's an okay, it's an honest attempt at making a, a creature feature from 2000 um, using the special effects of the time it's much better than some of these really do it uh bad on purpose kind of movies so i'd i'd recommend they nest you know i've seen a lot worse i enjoyed it myself you know it's kind of like the last hurrah of the the honest attempt at a creature feature i mean they happen here and there like crawl or rogue or something but a lot of times they're just firmly like we don't give a fuck and, and it, it's just too obvious you know yeah you should celebrate failure if it's done on purpose i know that sounds weird but that's how i kind of feel Okay, the next one up is one of my last 2021 watches, and I'll be brief with this one, is Don't Worry Darling. And I remember seeing the trailer for this one. A lot of people said this was more like the sci-fi realm. And uh, you know what? I did really enjoy this one. I thought it was really good. But basically, it feels like you know, 50s kind of throwback style. Uh, Florence Pugh's in here, and Harry Styles. or some other familiar faces. Chris Pine. And I'm sure there's other familiar faces in here as well that I'm just not ringing about who they are. But essentially, we have this like small community that everybody does the same thing. Everybody's Seems ungodly happy, maybe too fucking happy, if you know what I mean. Um, and, you know, somebody, you know, a lot of people in the town, they start to see like the cracks in there, right? And right when somebody sees like a crack, it kind of breaks it open. Florence Pugh sees one of her old friends kind of losing her grip on reality, and everybody kind of shuts it down, kind of gaslights her. But then she decides to do some research herself, and, you know, that's not going to end well. And she ends up cracking this whole thing open, and we kind of have a story and uh, what's behind the curtain. I don't want to spoil anything, but the movie has a lot of needle drops. That are very effective it's a gorgeous looking movie it's well acted and it's pretty dark so i mean i would give don't worry darling a look i think a lot of people will enjoy it it does have a sci-fi twilight zone kind of deal maybe people think it wears out it's welcome i thought it was really solid no no real complaints it's a good film it's well acted it has some creepy imagery i like the idea there's a lot of trappedness you know there's a lot of trapped and there's a great scene where she starts to feel trapped between cleaning a window and all her family pictures on the back of her so it's just like this great idea you know i guess it's like a big fan statement Basically, you know, that idea that you're trapped, you know, between the, the cleaning glass and then your family just pushed it, whatever. It just worked really well with the imagery and stuff like that. They don't really, they show you a lot of stuff like that. And I think it's really effective in that style and that way. Um, and just some creepy things that aren't right at first and when they unfold. But anyways, this is a good film. I would recommend it. The acting is good. Um, the cinematography is good. Very, very professionally well done movie. And don't worry, darling okay the next one up is the patreon pick and i think this was uh dan the cameraman he said pick a sports film i haven't seen so i went with 1975's rollerball um starring james Kahn and john houseman and uh geez there's a couple other people in here that i want to forget um john back moses gunn that's right uh ralph richardson i don't remember him being in here Maud um, Adams. So yeah, anyways, uh I had never seen this one, which is crazy to me. I know that it was a huge inspiration to stuff like, you know, the Running Man film, and new Gladiators um, by Lucio Fulci, and and, and it, it very much is that. And I guess watching this, I didn't really know what to expect. James Caan's excellent in the movie. He's very naturalistic, very much an athlete in here, does a good job. And Rollerball, it's basically in the future where corporations have taken over, and they run everything, right? And You know, you'll see that kind of stuff in Rollerball mobile cop and Blade Runner, all that kind of shit, right? So, essentially you know it's a little ahead of its time for sure um, there's this game called rollerball which is like the most popular sports everyone loves it it's incredibly violent people are hurt all the time people are killed all the time no one's really designed to stay in this game for a long period of time you know the game is supposed to be the thing that people like to see not players and James Khan is this player that has gotten so good he's been on a reign for 10 years his team is excellent and essentially because of him you know he's one of the main reasons and for basically the, the you know, the board of executives ran by John Houseman basically tells him, we want you out. We want you to retire. And James Kahn can't really figure it out, you know, uh, why they want him to retire. His his mentor, Moses Gunn, trying to help him out, all this kind of stuff. Moses Gunn from Night Configuration and a slew of other films. So um, John Houseman being from The Fog. And I bet he... Is he in Ghost Story? I feel like he would be. All Every old actor's in Ghost Story. Uh, so, so basically... Um, so, so he starts to kind of dig deeper and they keep pushing him and pushing him and changing all the rules to make him more violent and more dangerous. And as it goes on, you know, he's going to lose certain things in his life. And while he has, there's this crazy scene where like he, he seems like he's looking out the window while John Houseman's talking to him and these people are using this like new age gun and they're just blasting and destroying these trees. And it's just really, really on un, un, like unnerving scene to be honest. Um, but yeah, the violence hits hard in the in the actual like skating ring. And it's kind of funny to see skate. Skate and fight it's just weird um and, and the setups really great too and there's like a, a great showdown between them in Tokyo uh the Tokyo games which I thought was really effective and the very end you know it just kind of like it's, it's much more than you think it is. You know, it's a dystopian kind of society, and you don't register it's going to be that kind of movie until you start seeing it, and you're like, oh, shit. And James Conn just died last year, so RIP. There's an interview with him on the DVD or the Blu-ray, which is great, and he talks about that, and he's really candid about, you know, learning how to skate and talking about how this movie's ahead of its time. Um, Bob Miner's in here, too. It's always a, always a positive to see Bob Miner in the film. He's a stuntman. He pops up in Swinging Cheerleaders, a lot of Jack Hill films. You'll recognize him if you see him. But anyways, yeah, it's a really dark movie and dystopian kind of sports film which you don't really expect to see the two go together right dystopian and sports i mean you have the running man and new gladiators but new gladiators is directly inspired by this rollerball movie um and so is the running man film not so much the novelization or whatever um needed by richard um bachman who is stephen king so you know not so much that that although it's in there as well so i mean like yeah it is it's way ahead of its time the the blu-ray looks really solid now kino has a 4k out i did not pick up the 4k maybe i will down the line uh, not, not sure uh, but anyways rollerball i really liked it cool at first I, I wasn't feeling it as much you know and then i started to kind of get what it's going for and, and watching some of the special features of the context i'm like yeah that, that is pretty neat how they did that and i enjoy that for sure um if, if you guys answered and talked about the movies a little bit in your comments i i i, I will talk that a little bit nick will i'll keep my 2022 film Flick list short and sweet, uh, as to not give you too many gray hairs from going through a shit ton of titles. X number one, you gotta love Ty West. Period. Smile. Despite low expectations, I really ended up liking it. Two, three, Crimes of Future. Mr. Cronenberg continues to kill it. He even's doing horror on TV now. Four, The Long Night, A.K.A. the Coven. Good acting and style make up for an OK screenplay. Five, The Barbarian. Who doesn't love Justin Long playing a total dick and getting his comeuppance? He's great in that movie. Um, questions. Please name your favorite horror westerns. I mean, you got Brimstone, Tremors. Kind of feels has that western tinge you got stuff like high plains drifter but brimstone's a great one um so there's lots um that, that i would name like that uh they, i would probably go with something like high plains drifter and brimstone as two of the best uh, horror westerns um, some people say bone tomahawk is another excellent one so there we go um i think devil's rejects has a lot of western influences in there and do you think that horror involving technology still has any uh years or decades like wait do you think that horror involving technology still has any effect years or decades later well i mean it puts things in context and sometimes especially if they're sci-fi films you can see that a lot of things never change um especially if you look at something like videodrome and you just take the how the how they do the waves and everything now that's just the internet sometimes they predict and they even are more effective later on um so what's the most satisfactory movie villain asshole death you can recall i mean roads from day of the dead is a classic one right you can't really go wrong with roads i feel like there was a great villain oh spine of night the villain in that was great for a more recent one and i feel his comeuppance was excellent but roads i love watching roads i love roads end. i think roads is the best from day of the dead enjoy the rest of your weekend and the movies of course thank you ken coakley i agree with your opinion on tombstone the film was amazing in high school i did a paper on the shootout at ok corral and used a microfilm machine to look up newspapers from arizona during that time I actually did a news report, uh, report on White Earp in high school when I did White Earp, so I feel you. As I was doing my paper, there was a picture of the real White Earp. He looked just like Kurt Russell when I saw this picture in 1983 or 84, I had seen that picture as well. So they picked the right star. A couple more performances that stood out to me were Sam Elliott and Michael Rooker. Love those two in that movie. My favorite, my second favorite scene is when he throws his red sash down and tells Earp that the Cowboys went too far by attacking the wives. Brothers to the bone, right, McMasterds? Not anymore. Not after tonight, yeah, I've seen, this is my, one of my favorite movies. I love Rooker in that movie too. Uh, my favorite line in the film is uh, so simple, yet Val Kilmer nailed it. One of the former cowboys said, "Oh, it's not one of the former cowboys. It's either uh, Turkey Creek. Uh, it's a Turkey Creek Jackson, and a, what is it? J- Texas Jack Vermilion Johnson, or something? I can't remember. It's one of those two. What the hell are you doing out here, Doc? Wyatt Earp is my friend." Hell, I got a lot of friends. And White Earp says, I don't. That You're right, that is a great line, but it's not one of the former cowboys. It's it's Turkey Creek Johnson, or Jackson. Um, he's referring to getting out of the possible deathbed to assist a friend in need. Um, a year later, Kevin Costner released the film White Earp with himself as Wyatt and Dennis Quaid as Doc Holliday. Quaid's performance was similar to Kilmer's in that it's spoken, he's spoken a similar way. See, you know, I never got into White Earp much, although the cast is great. I just could never get over, you know... Costner um, as as Wyatt or myself. Not that I dislike him. I just it's so it's so connected with Tombstone that that movie always just kind of. Bored me a little bit. Um, Ken Cokeley, I didn't really get a chance to see uh, horror films last year, so I have to limit it to five. Hellraiser, TCM, Halloween ends, Terrifier, and Black Phone. I'm also glad you reviewed Lady Whirlwind and Hopkido. The first time I saw Mao was when I watched Enter the Dragon for the first uh, when I was 13. I had such a crush on her. She was beautiful in those days, and from what I have seen her recently, she has aged gracefully. Freddie M, did you see Megan? No, I have not. I will check it out though. What the Flick? I appreciate all your hard work you put in each video. Thank you for all you do. Thank you. Peter England. I can't stand those 4K Ultra HD releases. They are ruined the physical media of Blu-ray. Actually, same as Blu-ray did the DVD, because they are movies. Very obscure movies, which have never, ever been released on Blu-ray. Or even on DVD, not to mention VHS, but it gets first released on 4K. Back in the days, I watched movies on videotape or even black and white TV. Then DVD came in the 90s before Laserdisc, early 80s, and don't get me wrong, it was cool. And then came Blu-ray, which is, of course, better quality. I had to blue- buy a player because they didn't release those certain movies on DVD anymore but the picture quality went too far with those 4k hd what's next 8k i mean i I don't want to be rude but you sound like the get off my lawn kind of thing here i mean we all do it we've all double dipped triple dipped whatever i'm just happy the movies are getting released at all in fact you're we're lucky that half of them even got releases period there's so many movies that got releases on blu-ray or 4k i understand that you're frustrated a lot of the old systems aren't working but hey i don't know if they're even going to upgrade to 8k and stuff uh was in violent night is one of my favorites F- action comedies of recent memory the menu i knew nothing about going in but i was sure in my mind it would be sort of horror comedy cannibal thriller comedic satire and a great one at that was not on my mind so when a movie ended i was like what the hell was that but then i rewatched it through the lens of what it actually was and loved it coming from someone who is a mega fan of the fast and furious franchise i totally ate the movie's message i still need to see x but i enjoyed pearl for what it was i was middled on smile and totally loved the zaniness of barbarian looking forward to seeing what 2023 brings Dave. Awesome. Milo one six nine haven't had a chance to watch every 2022 movie I had on my watch list. I like like Pearl in the menu, but here's my top ten. Okay, Travis Linscomb. I don't watch as many new horror films as I, as you do. I mostly watch older cinema and then wait to hear the best ones from the year from you from you in 22 shots and I go check out more. And he says his favorite was Pearl and he goes over other things, but he says my list would probably change when I see more from now. I can't imagine loving anything more than Pearl though. Chris Trex is really slacked on watching 2022 movies, but I acknowledge Mad God. It's a stop animation stop animation film and then only one that really stuck with me it's a great film peter england says uh my number one is bull from 20 but released uh bull from 2021 but released 2022 tyler tadao uh do even though I know Tyler, I always say his name wrong. I have pretty bad list. I didn't really go out of my way to see very much horror in particular. I missed a lot, but I liked uh, Top Few Films quite a bit. Dennis Record, I get so tired of horror films. Please give the name of just one that is your favorite so I can watch it and be happy that you like it so much. I know you won't be able to decide. It's just one, right? Haha. <laughs> no. Day of the Dead. Always Day of the Dead. Art Eninger. Interesting. Only half the top 20 movies of 2022 were horror movies, but there are the 10 of those that I count as horror. Some might say that these aren't even horror, but if I want to call some Something horror then it's horror i mean it's your list um he says i'm not sure what you mean by wide and he gives a li- list if anybody knows art he has a very strange not strange i would say he has a very deep knowledge of film so he likes seen tons of movies that a lot of people haven't seen but here's his horror films in order and i'm not going to give everybody's of course but i think his are interesting because some of these i haven't heard of old flame bones and all Atira, vortex watcher house of darkness nitram the sadness barbarian catch the fair one and he says, also, interesting that someone included pleasure on their list. If that's horror, I would it would have made my list. It's rare for someone to include something as horror that I wouldn't, so I found pleasure an especially interesting choice. So basically, I did the master list like I told you on the top 22. I took like 33 people's picks, and I put them in order. So if you gave it your one, it got 10 points. And then I divided. I made two different lists of the 78 movies, or 77 movies that were different movies that were included, out of the 33 people, basically. So one uh, list is basically what movie appeared on the most list in order and what movie got the most points. So the points is kind of, I think, the, the end-all, be-all, but I'll do both. So the people that contributed, we have Nick Mua, Ken Coakley, Joe Carell, Data D. Besser, Irish Mad Dog 1987, Alexander O'Dell, uh, Cinema Zin, Milo 169, Travis Linscombe, Chris Trex, Peter England, Brandon Young, Belinda McKay, Bill Rodriguez, Tim Walker, Michael Darwin, Kevin Michael Jones, Jonathan Wilhelm, Joanna Rose, Slade Craven, Ty, uh, Tyler Taddeo, Robert D., Mark Ball, Mar, uh, Martin VP, Smudge, Cody Rapp, Dustin David Rust, Daryl Marsh, Shazeen Barbarian, Chase Vaughn, Stanley Isman, Kate, uh, Caitlin Dunlap, Art Eninger. So here we go. Starting from the top, I'll probably go down to the top 25, and then I'll give you guys my top 25 at the very end. So movies by list appearances. What what Which, which ones appeared on the most list? Number one is X. It appeared on 21 of the 33 list. Um, number two is uh, tied. Number two, three, and four are all tied. 17 list. We have Terrifier, Pearl, the bar, our Barbarian. All appeared on 17 to 33 list. Then we have the Sadness at five. 16 list. Nope at 11. Um, uh, 11 list at six. Seven. Number seven on 10 list is Black Foam. Number eight in nine list is the Menu. Number 9 on 8 list is Men. Number 10 on 7 list is Bones and All. Then we have uh, 6 list, um, The Innocent, Smile, Mad God, and The Hatching. And that is 11, 12, 13, 14, and 14. And then we have 5 list um, with Scream and Incantation. That's 15 and 16. And then we have uh, number 17. Also, Deadstream is on 5 list. And so is Crimes of the Future on 5 list at 18. Number 19. We have The Cursed on 4 list. Number 20, we have Speak New Evil on 4 list. 21, 4 list, Pray. Um, and then uh, 22, Christmas, Bloody Christmas on 4 list. 23, You Won't Be Alone on 3 list. 25, Violent Night on 3 list. 25 on 3 list is Shalom. And number 26, I'll just do this, is Resurrection on 3 list. And Fresh is 27 on 3 list. So so let's go with that. Honestly, that's that's where we're at here. And then I'm not going to go through the other 77 titles. There's not much named. But by points, here we go. 144 points. Remember, if it was number one, it got 10 points. If it was number one, I mean, if it was number one, it got 10 points. If it was number 10, it got one point. So coming in at number one movie um, by 2022 from you guys is Pearl. I meant, sorry, sorry. Number is X with 144 points. X is number one. Number two at 120 points is Pearl. Number three at 115 points is Terrifier 2. Number 4, at 114 points, so it's pretty close, is Barbarian. Number 5, with 99 points, is The Sadness. Number 6, with 69 points, is Black Phone. Number 7, with 67 points, is The Menu. Number 8, with 55 points, is Nope. Number 9, with 50 points, is Mad God. Number 10, with 44 points, is Men. Number 11, with 43 points, is Bones and All. Number 12, with 30 points, is Incantation. Number 13, with 32 points, is The Cursed. Tied with 14 is smile with 32 points number 15 31 points is crimes of the future 16 with 30 points is the innocence 17 with 26 points is hatching 20 uh, number 18 with 22 points is scream number 19 with 22 points is prey that's a tie number 20 with 20 points is speak no evil number 21 with 20 points is dead stream that's a tie number 22 with 19 points is you won't be alone number 23 is with 17 points is violent night number 24 with 17 points also ties resurrection and number 25 spot is with 16 points is christmas bloody christmas then we have 26 soft and quiet 27 the watcher shalom um, orphan first kill hellraiser the northman piggy we kind of go down so i'm going to pull up my top list here if i can pull it up sorry about this trying to dodge all this stuff out Okay, okay, so I'll start um, at the bottom. Here's my top 25. Yes, some will be controversial, but it is what it is. My number 25 is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I saw better movies than this, like Speak No Evil, or even, you know, uh, Don't Worry Darling, for sure. But Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's goofy, it's stupid. It's a bloodbath. It's dumb. I just enjoyed myself with it, so I gave it the 25 spot. Number 24, Men. I thought this was interesting. I thought I had one of my favorite scenes of the year in there um, when our main character is in the the tunnel and she does the echo. Bop, bop and she does her voice, and it echoes, and it makes this like, terrifying like theme music about it. Love that. Great stuff there. So number 23, all jacked up and full of worms. This is super bizarre, super goofy. It made me laugh, and then it grossed me out, and it was just a bizarre, kind of weird film that I hadn't seen much like it of, from this year, although I loved it. So 22, we have The Innocents. This movie is really good, really well done. Um, kind of superhero-style movie in a lot of ways, but there's a couple dark moments that really bothered me. Number 21, Master. I thought they handled this really well, about you know race relations and stuff i thought this movie was done right and it just uh, had a good is well made well acted good message well done message number 20 the black phone um not the biggest scott derrickson fan but this one won me over i thought it was really well done really good really good period piece stuff number 19 hell van by my buddy jorge de la rosa this is an independent movie i thought that he got a really great small town feel on there really wild movie really cool independent film Number 18, Christmas, Bloody Christmas. Joe Bigos, great film. Gory, crazy, just fun. Shot on 16. Number 17, Terrifier 2. Yes, it's low on my list. I thought it was a little long in the story. The story just confused me, but I love the special effects. I love Art the Clown. It was really good. Could pop up, go up higher on a rewatch for sure. Liked it. Number 16, Resurrection. Rebecca Hall killed it. Tim Roth was great, but Rebecca Hall is amazing. I think she's just one of the best screen queens right now. Excellent movie. Really dark and creepy. 15. Fresh. Thought Sebastian Stan was great in this one. Good take on the cannibal genre. Number 14. Dark Glasses by Dario Argento. I was... Pleasantly surprised with this. Had some heart in there, too. Um, Just really good stuff for Dario. Um, Just really refreshing to see him come back and do something like this. Number 13, Piggy. Um, I was impressed with this. Um, Now, Alric Kane on his podcast said, or he left a review that said, High Tension meets Fat Girl. That's dead on correct. It's just a really weird, dark slasher film, kind of psychological deal. Really enjoyed it. 12, The Leech. Love this one. Um, Graham Skipper and Jeremy Gardner are amazing in this. One of the best performances Graham Skipper Skipper ever gave. Really recommend checking out The Leech. It's on the Arrow streaming service and uh, watch the review. I've reviewed all these movies so if you want more in-depth reviews go for it. Number 11, Sissy. I thought this was really brilliant how they handled you know the social media aspect of somebody who has psychological damage who's been bullied but they're also giving people health. It was just a very complex, very fun and crazy movie. And then we're into the top 10 and I know, I know, I'm going to take shit for this. Who would ever think that Halloween ends or a Halloween sequel this later in the franchise would ever make a top 10? I like this one. How- it did it. I talk a lot about it in the time, uh, 22 Shots of Moods and Horror uh, Top 10, and I also discussed this movie in review. Basically, I love the idea that you know the Haddonfield keeps Michael Myers, and they, they, they don't need you know uh, that per It just it needs a sh- it needs a uh, shape, a vessel, and I like that. I's just going into more detail about it on the 22 Shots. If you're interested, number nine, Smile, uh, Japanese style ghost story horror movie. Thought it was very simple but effective, and I liked it. It was very creepy and dark too. Eight, nope. The <laughs> cat Jordan Peele, dug this one, very entertaining, Sky Tremors, Air Jaws, whatever you want to call it, like the characters, some good moments for sure. Number seven, Barbarian, uh, just liked how basically not even necessarily, you know, um, the story itself, just how it unfolded, the structure was great and entertaining and some good, good acting for sure, Justin Long, Bill Sarsgaard, everybody in this is good, Richard Brake. Number six, The Menu, darkly hilarious, love the cast, love how it unfolded, great stuff, really recommended. Number five, The Cursed, kind of like your kind of throwback to a monster movie with lots you know um hammer gothic uh atmosphere universal dug this one for sure number four bones and all love this one road movie shot on film gorgeous location sully is terrifying love it number three pearl man be a goth amazing performance here uh, just that speech she gives at the table is is oscar worthy number two x best kill in a movie this year loved it uh don't fear the reaper man that was so brilliant how that that scene unfolded and number one the sadness no surprise there um the scene on the subway where that guy's starting to turn the old the businessman and everything about this movie just screams to me it was made for me violent dark Creepy, weird, just a, a zombie infected kind of style film I can get behind. Love it. So, run down from top to bottom, from one down to 25. The Sadness, X, Pearl, Bones and All, The Cursed, The Menu, Barbarian, Nope, Smile, Halloween Ends, Sissy, The Leech, Piggy, Dark Glasses, Fresh, Resurrection, Terrifier 2, Christmas Buddy, Christmas, Hell Van, The Black Phone, Master, The Innocents, All Jacked Up and Full of Worms, Men, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, that's my list. Um, yeah, I actually do not have an update for you guys, so I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be a weird here but it is what it is i should have an update next week possibly who knows who knows okay guys thank you very much for watching and as always have a good one